Do you know how much hair I've got on my head? Two. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't. There's you, a lot. Too, but two, there's a lot of hair. God know God knows us intimately. The fact that he's known you since you were in your mother's womb. And yeah, because you know, like with your shadow, if I'm walking and something happens you. to me, yeah. first of all, it never leaves you 100%. Unless, of course, like you're in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> People here on this earth, their ability to care can only go so far. Whereas we can be certain that God is the ultimate God carer. is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Welcome to Virtuous. You're here with Michelle. And it's Ira. And thank you for coming back. Me and Michelle are kind of like, hmm, ready for this. <laughs> I think you're going to say something uh, yeah. else. Definitely no. ready for this. Um, as always, we appreciate you coming back and tuning in, listening in to us. Um, and I was just about to pray, but I remembered it's not my turn to do so. So before we even start, we're going to send a word of prayer out to you all. So the prayer today is, Dear Lord, open our eyes to the bigger picture here today. Amen. Oh, I love that. I think sometimes it's so easy for us to read something and not take in like the depth in which like in the message that God is trying to yeah. tell us. So I really love that prayer. So I've got a question for you. Do you regularly get online orders, especially like clothes and stuff like that? Do I get regular? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. I mean, I just ordered vitamins as, you know, before we hit record. <laughs> do you know, that's very on brand for you as well. Really? You yeah. think so? Yeah. Well. Anytime, like anytime I'm coming around and let's say you say you're going to cook, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to eat healthy tonight. Wow. Mm, nice I compliment. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> that. But um, when it comes to things like getting your online order, whenever you see... I don't know about you, but whenever I see who's delivering it, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I know I'm getting my parcel on the day that it says. But sometimes if it's somebody else doing it, I don't want to, you know, get defamation. Not. Yeah. Yeah. But some, there's some people who, when they say your order is now with, uh, I'm just like, oh, Yodel, Lord. you lot could get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got to say. Honestly, do you know what? Every... I'm not mad at every, you know. I'm not mad anymore. After their rebrand and everything, I'm not mad at them. Really? Yeah, they actually I've been I've never very been good. mad at them, you know. Ah, they used to be not good. Man. I, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. they found Christ because you know before what? they were just rubbish and now look at them. They're, they're glowing. <laughs> I like DPD. Oh, DPD yeah. is the most. I do like them. Mm. But anyway, we're talking about all these people who deliver our parcels and, you know, comparing the good ones to the bad ones. But what if I told you that there is a top... Top one, the best deliverer on earth, who is our Lord God, mm. who delivers us from sin, from trauma, from all these things that happen to us in our lives and who's always there, ple a present help in whatever situation that we're in. And that's what we're going to be delving in in this um, episode. It's entitled The Lord Hears and delivers delivers on time as well he's never too late never too early unlike um yodel but anyway let's get into it <laughs> <laughs> so sunday's lesson begins with my frame was not hidden from you um and it especially focuses on psalms 139 uh but we're going to speak about like from verse 1 till about 18 
And I like this psalmist because he has a depiction of how God sees us and he kind of divides this in three specific sections. The first one from verse 1 to 6, he speaks about God's power. The second one, verse 7 to 12, he speaks about God's presence. And then the last one, he speaks about God's goodness. I like that he has separated these and even when he's talking about it, um, I'll I'll delve into it later on, or I can do it now. He speaks about how even God knew him before, you know, when he was still knitting him in the womb, for example, showing us that God has always known you. He's always known that you're going to, you know, be on earth, kind of like right from the beginning. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think I have friends who definitely know me, so they know when I'm being sad or when I'm angry or when I'm happy. Like, you know, even like my sister, for example, she can look at my face and tell how I am feeling, you know, because we live together. Um but I think it's it's so amazing how we have a father who knows kind of the frame of us. Even in Matthew, we we learn, you know, the, the verse that says, you know, the hairs on your head are numbered. And I think sometimes we throw this, especially as Christians, we throw this verse and we kind of just leave it there. And like you said, we don't see the big the bigger picture of that. Do you know how much hair I've got on my head? Two. <laughs> there's a lot of hair and to know that there's actually a being who knows the exact number as an exact count that he cares for you so much that he knows every intricate detail about you is just amazing and I think what I'm learning from this is learning to trust him hmm. because who better to trust if I can trust dpd to get my parcel delivered on time when they say they were when they say they, they will. will yeah um what more trusting a god who knows even the intricate parts of me mm. that when whatever he says he will do it's going to come to pass and that's what i read especially from uh from the psalms psalms 139 now i remember speaking to my mentor this week and she's the one who actually reminded me of this the the verse about you know he knows how much hairs are in your head like they actually counted they're numbered um and you know after we finished talking we started talking about love languages um and you know what the five are isn't it yeah do you have a specific one i don't know because i love them all i love to give them all and i love to receive them all mm. well so, what's your what's your top one i thought i was maybe an actor service type girl yes. i was trying to be deep or whatever mm. and i remember i was talking to my friends and i said you know what i get a lot of joy when i buy some someone something and they open it and they just say ha oh. mm. because i i think it's amazing and i even like when people buy me gifts which not it doesn't even have to be expensive but it just has to have meaning so obviously as you can tell one of mine is gifts no but okay you know the your love language you might have a different one for receiving and giving mm -hmm. so are you saying you like to give i gifts? both i, I like oh to you receive. love to give and receive yeah them. okay yeah. but when i did the test it actually showed me that i had all of them just different percentages yeah, yeah. what is the highest percentage for you out of curiosity uh, i can't remember if it was either gifts or quality time okay it was one of those two okay yeah but words of affirmation was literally the, the, the lowest that's so funny because i think you're so careful with your words that I would have thought it'd be higher up. I am careful, isn't it? But I think it's funny because I don't like, I don't want people to be hurt. Oh, okay. So I try to but that, be... That's why I think might be words of affirmation mm. for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But so, maybe it's also because I don't care for it from myself. Maybe I don't I don't want to receive them, but I want to give it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> my point that I wanted to say is um, the reason why I also like gifts is because when I opened, so last year, one of my friends got me like uh, like a kind of a, a hamper. And what we tend to do is just ask each other, what do you want? And then we buy it. So I had asked for like the Dior lip lip oil. And then when she brought up this whole hamper, I was like, girl, like, you, a Dior lip oil is literally like this tight. It's tiny. It's like, why are you bringing a whole bag for just that one thing? But then when I opened it, she had actually put other stuff that I really enjoy. She knows I'm very big on skincare and lotions. So she put like some Brazilian boom boom cream in there. Mm. And then I think I mentioned it last week. I love reading books. So she actually put a book in there and that was probably the one of the best gifts I've ever re- received. Not even Whoa. what I'd asked for, but the book. And the reason why I like the book is because she showed me how much she knows me. Not only did she get me a book, but she also got me a book written by an African author. And I'm very, I like reading kind of black or African authors. So anyway, the point I'm saying is I was very touched and emotional because I felt like this is somebody who really knows me Mm. Um, and coming back to our topic this week it actually said like God knows God knows us intimately the fact that he's known you since you were in your mother's womb and even now knowing the amount of hairs that you have or counting them he knows us intimately and sometimes people get scared of this because you know like with your friends or family or whoever you can kind of hide sometimes your your inner feelings but you can't hide from god and sometimes that might scare you because i also have sometimes i have bad mind thoughts i'm not gonna lie like sometimes i'm gonna do something yeah yeah, and i'm just like like i don't know i'll just think something evil and then as soon as i not evil bad and then as soon as i think (laughs) of it i'm just like oh god i know you heard that i am so sorry um but the point is we shouldn't allow God knowing us intimately scare us. Instead, this is what should even draw us into the arms of Jesus uh, and everything that he's accomplished, knowing that we can't hide from him. We can actually be ourselves. You can be vulnerable. You can be honest with him. And I think that's something that we've said, especially in Psalms, especially David. He was so vulnerable with God. It was, oh, God, why is this happening to me? But he never stayed in that state of um, kind of not blaming, but just lamenting that's the word he never stayed in that in that space he always then acknowledged how great god is and so when you're vulnerable with him you're able to say you know what god i don't know what you're doing right now but i'm just going to keep trusting you i don't know what's going on i don't know how i'm gonna pay for this event i don't know whether it's gonna go well i don't know how i'm gonna go to school work whatever it is but you know what it's fine because you're sovereign and you reign and i will trust you regardless Now, the question that is asked in the topic on Sunday is some might find this fact that God knows so much about them, even their darkest secrets, a rather frightening thought. Now, why is the gospel then our only hope? I don't know if you have an answer, but I kind of obviously because I studied just Sunday, I came up with two answers and maybe you can tell me whether you agree with them. And the first one is what we said last week are his promises and his word is the reason why we can have this hope in the gospel um a verse that we always say is john 3 verse 16 which is for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have 
uh, but have everlasting life, eternal life. And I think that's such an amazing promise, an amazing thing to cling to, an amazing gospel that salvation is for us. And we don't need to fear that even when he knows our deepest, darkest secrets, that if we do confess our sins to him, and if we acknowledge and accept him as our Lord and personal savior, um, we have that assuredness of um, our salvation, which is a gift given to everybody. So, taking us into Monday, and it's entitled Assurance of God's Care. First of all, I love the analogy you just gave us of kind of God being the ultimate deliverer. And, you know, really us, we can we can relate with what delivery is like based on the brands that deliver our packages now. Mm. But he is the ultimate deliverer. And so that's why I'm like, mm, that really hit the nail on the head for me here. Um but when we're talking about not only is God the ultimate deliverer, but he is ult- the ultimate carer, if you will. Mm. Um, I'll give you the scenario that I've had in my life. And especially because you're HR. So do you get involved in like interviews? Yes. You do? Mm-hmm. Why do you say that with such a grudge? <laughs> like, ugh. Why? Because sometimes like, I, I feel bad because like sometimes I'm interviewing someone and they're saying something and I'm just like, you didn't do that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you didn't do that. But um, yeah. Wow. And especially when the manager's like, oh, I really liked them. It's like, did you like them or was she just pretty? Oh, wow. Okay. So I guess you, you're you familiar with that kind of setting. I remember, I'd say I'm a pretty good interviewee. Okay. Um, I, but- I can believe that. I feel like you would sell me. Like you would sell uh, yeah, yourself I'm pretty good so at, well. I think one of my keys, key... Um, skills is selling myself if yeah. I need to, hundred um, percent. But I, I've not always been very good at that. I ended up kind of, you know, when you're studying, you you take up random jobs, and I ended up being a, a resourcer. Okay. So I was in rec- like I don't even know if you'd call that recruitment, yeah, but was I was involved in a bit of that. Yeah. Um, and before all of this, basically, before I picked up better interviewing skills, I. I had this scenario where I was going to go to uni and at that point I felt like I had to go to do nursing. I never wanted to do nursing but obviously I'm Filipino. My family only knows nursing. Oh my gosh, are you guys like that as well? Because Zims as well, like women are always told like go do nursing. Really? Oh okay, so it's not just a Filipino thing. Mm. Um, But yeah, I was told you got to do nursing since you don't know what else you're going to do anyway. So I'm like, oh, fine. So I, I applied to do nursing and I get loads of interviews, right? And I remember I went to this one interview. It's, it's a university somewhere in London. And I get in there. There's a bunch of people trying to get in there for nursing. Mm-hmm. And how their interview like process is set up is they had six cubicles in the middle of a room. And you had to rotate around these six cubicles for the hour. Okay. And kind of it, like an assessment center. Yeah, it kind of like yeah. was an assessment center, but you never know what you're about to get in each cubicle. Oh, wow. My first cubicle, this woman hands me this paper. Read it. You got like two minutes to read it. And the paper reads, your your neighbor left you with their rabbit. <laughs> and they've gone on holiday. You have to take care of their rabbit. Unfortunately, you lost the rabbit. Now you have to tell them that you've lost the rabbit. Okay, that was the scenario. Three, two, one, action. 
Oh. Yes. I know. I was literally like floored. And so I would have, I definitely would have failed because I'd be like, I'm not telling them anything. I'm just going to go buy another one. <laughs> I, I literally, that was me. Like I crashed and burned. So, so, you know, the woman scenario was like, hi, you know, hi neighbor. You know, um, I had such a good holiday. Where's my rabbit at? You know, where's my pet? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I've lost your rabbit. And this is when the woman began to act very loudly, very you know, vex, angry, whatever the emotions, because I've lost her pet. Mm. And I had to be like, well, I'm so sorry. I know I was caring after your, I was looking after your rabbit, but, and I struggled. I really struggled because they wanted to make that emotional communication exchange yeah. very difficult to see mm. how you would deal under pressure. I mean, I, I see what they, I actually think that's really genius. I might steal that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was a good, but I I don't, I blacked out. I can't remember what I did in the <laughs> other six cubicles. I think I was too shook. But hence kinda, why you're not a nurse today. Sorry, hence why I'm not a nurse today. You know, I never made it. I have so many funny nursing interview, mm. like, examples because I went through them mm. and each one of those nursing interviews were never easy it was never just to sit down and say why do you want to be a nurse yeah every time was a s- different scenario <laughs> I this is kind of like a segue but one lady I remember in a different uni she asked me you have <laughs> you have a Jewish patient and the only thing that would save them is a blood transfusion but you know in in their religion they they don't basically there's something that goes against their their views yeah therefore they can't have the transfusion and my job was to convince them to to have a transfusion that was the scenario and she's kind of like what would you do and I was like I would just pray for them this this woman found it so hilarious that she she just was like here's we accept you like that oh really she just found it so funny but I was like that was (laughs) so hard that was that was (laughs) That was a very Christian answer. I actually yeah. respect it because yeah. what am I going to do? This isn't, it's on my hands. I'm right? going to give it to the, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, <laughs> it's a very long way to kind of talk about how, you know what? The way I would care about something in that scenario where I apparently lost the pet, you know, people here on this earth, the their ability to care is, can only go so far. Yeah. Whereas we can be certain that God is the ultimate carer. And when Mm. he says that he cares for us, bruh, I can't even begin to really explain what that means and and how that love really is. Uh, The fact that he sent his only son to Mm. die for us, I I think is is testament because basically Jesus was being persecuted and yet he was willing to die for us in order for us to have salvation what kind of care what kind of love is that that's mm-hmm. that's you haven't seen that anywhere else in this world especially dying for people that he didn't know would accept it as well exactly because I, I, I would die for my sister but if someone said oh Michelle will you die for that stranger in the street um no hard pass yeah exactly and I think you know what we're seeing here in scripture is that you know what he is the real deal when it comes mm. to caring. And I, I want to check out what the psalmist says in Psalm 16, verse 8. Okay. And mm-hmm. it says, I always remember that the Lord is with me. He is very close by my side. So nothing can defeat me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the fact that whatever you're going through, 
you rely on God as your carer and and you have that confidence. You can step out in faith and say, you know what, nothing can defeat me because I know that God is caring for me, looking out for me right by my side right now. Mm. And this psalmist, even when he's in the toughest spot, he's he's crying out from the deep, you know, um, and he knows that nothing is off limits to God. That's why he's saying nothing can defeat me. Mm-hmm. And he says that with with um, a vim, an energy that, bro, like I've I've never been through real persecution in the way that we read some, like David and Psalms. Mm. <laughs> you know, honestly, our our trials and tribulations are v- quite shallow in comparison. Very, yeah, um, but it's really. What's the word I'm looking for? Like heartening um, to know that no matter how desperate things get, we have these examples where the psalmist cry and it's never without hope. Mm. Um, And just want to kind of summarize what we read in the study, um, reading Psalm 121. It basically throws a party for, you know, the creator's power in life of someone who sticks by their faith, basically. Mm And this power includes, one, that your feet won't slip. We're told here in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Verse three, he will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. But number one, where we're saying here that your feet won't slip. It's like saying God's got your back. Basically. Right? That even if you... maybe shaky you ain't gonna slip you're firmly Mm. planted and secured i love that it's Mm. like you're not gonna be embarrassed is basically what god is saying to me here god will never embarrass you yeah um and then it goes on to say your protector will not slumber indeed the protector of israel does not slumber or sleep first of all um i i love sleep (laughs) yeah same girl yeah and sometimes when i don't know you you get given i feel like my dad does it to me all the time he's just like uh i'm i'm expecting we're going back to a delivery analogy but he's like oh i'm expecting a delivery a package it's really important that you pick it up <laughs> <laughs> bruh it's 7 in the morning i might fall asleep again mm. and it's not to say i'm a protector of it but here's an example where in in the bible obviously jesus goes out to pray in gethsemane and he brings his brethren with him and the disciples are like, yeah, yeah, we'll pray. But they fall asleep. And again, it's not to say that they were protectors, but sometimes we end up, you know, we mm. slip into a bit of a sleep. We're unreliable, and basically. We're unreliable people. Mm. But I love that, you know, the Lord doesn't doze off or nap. Oh. We're being told that he's going to stay awake. He does not slumber. And slumber sometimes just for me is like slowness mm. or like unnecessary delay mm. or like... Uh, you know I'm so sorry to say but one thing I just get irritated as a trait from people is like slowness if I'm having a conversation with you and you're just moving slow or you're not picking it up even talking slow like get to the point yeah it low-key frustrates me imagine if people listen to our podcast they feel the same awkward (laughs) (laughs) but in any case he I just love that he shows up for his people you know Mm. that's simply it Um, And Psalm 121 carries on to say, the Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. I first of all love this song, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lord is your shade. Okay. Um, 
it makes me think of Jonah when he was uh, posted up <laughs> under that. Yeah. <laughs> posted up when under he was that. mad that people were coming to Christ. Yeah, yeah, Jonah. yeah. But he was posted up under the tree enjoying the shade, right? Mm. And I don't know, you've obviously come from Zimbabwe. I've come from Philippines, very hot countries. Yeah. And sometimes it's so hot in the Philippines that people actually carry around umbrellas. Umbrellas, (laughs) So they carry around umbrellas for shade. Hmm. So it's the same thing. It's relief. It's it's blistering hot sun. You need a bit of shade. And I love that the Lord is our shade. Okay, lastly, Psalm 121 continues on to say, the Lord will um, protect your coming and going both now and forever. And it's just to say that God's got your back um, as confirmed in, in Psalm 121. Um, he'll keep you safe from all kinds of trouble. Not even the sun or moon can mess with you. God will watch over your every move. And it just, you know, all of this just basically is to say that God takes care of everything mm. all the time. Do you know how nice that is to know that God is taking care of everything all the time not even so reliable so reliable um and one of the traits i absolutely detest oh sorry that's a strong word <gasps> dislike maybe i just i don't it doesn't sit well with me when someone is unreliable honestly okay i cannot have unreliable people in my mm. life because to a degree i believe i'm quite reliable <laughs> i know that's a bit of a let me actually think of the time you I love that you're about to test me here. But I try to come through for my people because, you know, if I love them and I consider them a friend or a family, I want to be... Wait, why did you cut off my thoughts? Oh, sorry, go on. You, you're like, oh, I like your testing me. No, 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 And I'm joking. I actually don't have there anything. There you go. Um, and you're reliable too. We're reliable people. Um, but it... it disappoints me to a degree when I cannot rely on someone. Yeah, because it's just long, isn't yeah. it? It's just like, ugh, like... And because God is reliable... You also know that you will never be disappointed in him. Love that. Oh, you know, when you were talking, I started thinking about how, you know, sometimes as humans, we, when you're giving us the scenario of caring for the rabbit, that there are times when you actually want to help somebody or someone who's in need and you genuinely from a loving place do want to come through for them, but you just can't. Mm. So for example, if like, I don't know, the the example that comes to mind is when your friend loses somebody and you want to be there for them. You are there for them physically, but you always, you feel like, ah, I wish I could do more, but Mm. there's nothing more that you can do. And I love what you said that, um, you know, we do have a a savior who can actually be there for us, who is so reliable. And in fact, even in Psalms 34, 17, it says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So this is just to piggyback on what you were just talking about, how God is so reliable um, and he's always there for us, even in times of trouble. And I'm going to segue nicely into Tuesday's topic, which is the Lord is a refuge in adversity. Now, I actually didn't use the Psalms that are in the Bible study. I actually thought of one which I learned as a child. It was actually a song and it's just stuck with me, which is found in Psalms 46 verse 1. And it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. And, you know, for us to be able to trust God especially when we're going through troubles, it's it's a deliberate choice that you have to make. Um, and the wonderful thing is that God has given us that power of choice to choose whether you want to trust, whether you don't want to trust. Um, 
But trusting is acknowledging that God's lordship is over our lives and our circumstances. And, you know, at times, I know a lot of people say it's difficult to trust God in adversities um, than it is when everything is fine. I actually find the opposite for me. Um, I find that, well, I found in the past that it's when I was going through something that my trust increased. Okay, yeah. But then I think it was for the wrong reasons. So, for example, if I couldn't find, I don't know, I'll, I'll use your example. When you didn't study for your exam, your trust in God kind of increased, isn't it? Because you're like, come yeah, on, yeah, please yeah. come through for me. But yes. that, that was from a selfish point of view uh, from, bo- from both of us, because I, I used to do that as well. I was a kind of a last minute person as well. Whereas now... I can see a shift in the way that I trust God in that whether I'm good, whether everything is fine or whether I'm going through a tough period, I see myself like I don't even allow my my thoughts to question certain things. Whereas before, you know, a lot of people like saying, oh, but if God exists, why is he allowing this to happen to mm, you? Because mm. I used to be in that WhatsApp group. But now anytime I feel my thoughts even go in there, I do something that you said when we first started the podcast is shoot take captive of that thought Ooh. and throw it out yep. chuck it out because i'm i am deliberately um choosing to to trust god and i think when you have those kind of situations where you can trust god in just the small things it kind of builds builds your trust so for example we talk about tolerance right um for you to build a tolerance or something it it just can't be like just big it always starts small right you start doing things little by little and you trust a little bit more. And so you tolerate something a little bit more before you know it. it's such a big thing or such a big issue. Because usually tolerance is kind of packaged in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And so I want to take that same example um, and put it in terms of trust. That sometimes for you to, because, you know, sometimes you're like, how, where do I start? How do I begin trusting god especially when when i used to hear people's testimonies and i used to be like wow like i wish i had a relationship like that with god like yeah. i i genuinely used to be like i wish i was like that mm, or that mm. person especially when i heard people's testimonies um and then i learned it, there's nothing holding you from having that same relationship with god um and for some people it might be that you need to start taking baby steps to trust him um but those baby steps need to change like if your baby if your if your baby kept doing little baby steps all their lives like you'd be like Mm-mm, something There's is something's wrong up. something's yeah. up but you know when your baby starts doing maybe one two step and then before you know it they're like walking and then they're running and that's how we build our trust as well like sometimes you have to start small like, God, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to trust you. And then he comes through and then you're like, oh, okay, is this you? And then before you know, you're now trusting him with big things. Like, oh, this job, I, I, it's not working out for me. Or I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills, but you know what? I'm going to trust you. And when you when he comes through for you as well, that just builds your trust in him. So I'm just saying this just as a encouragement for anyone who's listening, who might be in that in that space where they feel like that they can't trust him that the only thing that's holding you back from trusting god is you so release that um and let god take control of your life now going back to the study uh, about god is our refuge 
it's so funny because you kind of touched on it, but I'm going to reference Psalms 91, 1 verse 4. And in this, the psalmist actually uses different terms to define what God can be for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in verse 1, um, he says that he's a secret place or a shelter, a hiding place. Now, yes. one of my favorite um, hymns is uh, Shelter in the Time of Storm. Okay, okay. I just think it's just so beautiful when it describes how God is, you know, mighty raw. Oh, I almost started singing, but, you know, we don't want to do that. <laughs> Go on, um, sing a piece, sing a piece. No, 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 it's okay. I'll let our sound engineer sing for us one day. Um, but I, I love I love what it says in that hymn about be Christ being a shelter in the time of storm. And whatever we're going through, being able to have that shelter. that Because when it says shelter in the time of storm, it's raining everywhere. It looks damp. It just looks bleh. Like, I don't know. I hate being in the rain. I think rain and snow, worst things to be in. Oh. Um, get away from me exactly it's just like ugh, it's it's not a nice place to be in but knowing that you have a shelter that whenever bad things are happening around you it's fine because you have that shelter who is shielding you in that time is amazing that's why i love that song another way that he references is in psalms 91 1 to 4 it says god is a shadow i actually really liked this because i feel like that's such a it's such a what's the word i'm looking for you, you comforting comforting yeah because you know like with your shadow if i'm walking and something happens you. to me yeah. first of all it never leaves you 100 percent, unless of course like you're in the dark then. <laughs> 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 but even in the dark just because i can't see it doesn't mean it's it's neglected yeah, your shadow yeah. is always there another way that he um addresses or he describes god it says he's a fortress he's a shield he's a dwelling place and you know all these these words these phrases that he uses all point to like a safe haven, haven. there you go <laughs> were you wanting for us to do it together no like the zim in me was like fighting yeah. to pronounce that word um and i think i love this because it I think this is Thursday, so I won't start on it. But I love the fact that you he he gives us like different ways in which he describes God and you can actually pick the one that relates to you more. So for example, with me personally, I like him being a hiding place or him being a shelter because hiding place has got this it's got this comfort that I'm hidden and nothing can touch me, nothing can attack me because I'm hidden in his presence. Oh, I like that. So the next day we're looking at what is entitled. And I just love to, you know, I like to say entitled. Um, but the title is Defender and Deliverer. Now, you already touched on what, you know, um, God Deliver is like as a deliverer mm. and how he is just the top deliverer, bro. He's the top done for delivering. Top done. But, um, um, and I just want to pick up on some key scriptures here. And one of the first ones I want to say is that... Um, John 15, 19 to 20 says, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours. And, and I think Christians shouldn't be surprised that unbelievers in this world will hate us. Mm. Um, it follows a pattern that we've seen in the world since Cain murdered Abel, basically. And, and we've seen it of what happened to Jesus, of course. Um, 
but this this is us this is an opportunity for for us to partake in what Christ experienced as well and and we are already warned that persecution is going to come yeah so when we choose the christian life it's not an easy life but it's it's a life that we have publicly announced that we love god mm-hmm. and we believe in god as a deliverer and as a defender um, and I just want to also say Matthew 5, 10 to 12 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Mm. For so they persecute the prophets who were before you. This ain't brand new. Okay. Basically, it's been happening. It's been happening. Persecution among Christians has been happening and it will continue to happen. And unfortunately, it will likely worsen, as we are told. Mm. But look at the example of Jesus. Bruv, he came through winning in the end. Mm. And we said it in the very, very first episode of Virtuous. Be on the winning side. Okay? Choose to be on the winning exactly. side. Do you know, um, I, love, I love what you've said, especially the stories that you've just said. And I was wondering where the link was because I try not to read, you know, the days that I'm not doing. But Thursday's topic says help from the sanctuary. And it kept trying to describe the sanctuary because a lot of times when people hear sanctuary, they think of a church building. And that is right and wrong at the same same time because the focus isn't on the building, but the focus is on the gathering of people. In fact, um, I've written down here that, you know, a sanctuary is actually wherever you experience um, God. So whenever you experience God's presence. So yes, it can be in a church, but it can also be um, in a place where you find his help, where you find his safety and his salvation. And I think it's so... Hmm. I love the fact that we are able to link what you've just said now in terms of God being a defender and a deliverer and linking it to him being kind of a sanctuary for us because Ooh. that's that's what, what I was hearing when you're telling the story, especially of the two sisters. Um, and I think last week we spoke about that peace that surpasses all understanding and it sounds like that's exactly what she's had. Yeah. Um, her being able to say, I don't hold anything against them. Um, it, it already sounds like she already has what we've been talking about, that mm. eternal mindset. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I think we all need to adapt or adopt. Yeah, we all need to adopt that eternal mindset that even when persecution comes, know that our help cometh from God, like you said, um, and that he is with us no matter what, and that we should hold on steadfast up until the end um, when we get to stay with him forever. Um, now in, as I said, in Thursday's lesson, it talks about help from the sanctuary. And I think I've already said that, you know, God is a help because he, God is the sanctuary, wherever you're experiencing, because he's a place of help, safety and salvation. So with this definition, we can see that, um, a sanctuary can be seen as either a spiritual or physical refuge. Cause like I said, it can be in a church or it can just be, in your mind or wherever you are, whether you are at home or, you know, wherever you do your devotions by yourself. Um, it made me realize that I should also have a sanctuary wherever I am, Ooh. as in experience God's presence wherever I am. Okay. Um, if you have related or if you have connected sanctuary with a building and then you're in a place where you're unable 
to go into a building mm. to worship, then you're going to feel so far from God because mm. you haven't learned to adopt or you haven't learned to to find sanctuary wherever you are, to find safety, to find a refuge in Christ mm. wherever you are. Um, and obviously, I, I never want to come on the podcast and just tell you things without being practical. I think it's it's important for us to share practical ways in which we can find kind of this sanctuary that we're talking about. Um, and I think one way that I've definitely built that sanctuary is through the Bible studies that we've done. I think we used to do them obviously online or on Zoom, etc. Uh, but now using version and doing, you know, a plan as a group, I find such sanctuary, uh, 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 I experience God in that, especially because at the end we're able to kind of share our own testimonies or our thoughts about the reading. Uh, and I love reading those because sometimes I miss the bigger picture, as you said in the beginning in the prayer, mm. I, I miss a very poignant <laughs> um, thing that somebody says. Um, and it's always nice. So, for example, I think maybe about a week ago. Um, about a week ago. <laughs> we were doing so well without the references, but I love them anyway. Um, about a week ago when... Alex pointed out um, something that someone had said in the video of the plans that we're doing. Yeah. And I realized that I was doing those plans without watching the video because I didn't even, I, did, I don't know. Look I, at you, yeah. anti-vibes. You didn't Honestly, even I, was, I didn't even clock that there was a video on there. Um, and there was so much blessings when I went back and watched all the videos. They had little like snips of yeah. encouragement mm. in there that I could have easily missed if I had done the study for myself and so the first thing that I want to encourage people to do is to build your community or to build a few people even if it's two even if it's one person that you can do studies with that's important because the bible always tells us that where two or three are gathered he is there with us you're able to experience that sanctuary um, just from that but also, I think it's important to uh, build that, that that sanctuary by yourself as well. So one of the things that I've started doing um, is, and I mentioned it in Tuesday's lesson, that I like the analogy of a hiding place. And now whenever I'm doing my personal devotion, because before I would just literally open the study in, you know, whilst I'm in bed. And if you do that, that's fine. You know, that's everyone, everyone is different. But now I find when I'm actually sitting in my room on my desk, with, it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe that I've created. I've almost created that sanctuary where I get to experience God. And I notice that I'm not distracted anymore. I've got like a physical Bible and I've got a journal and I've got my personal devotional book that I'm reading through. And I, I find that's where I really, really experience God um, the most. Even with sometimes I'll be reading something and a question will pop up in my mind and I immediately get an answer just either by reading or studying or a scripture will come up or um because another thing that I've adopted during my personal devotions which when I first started doing it I thought it was so weird but I actually have a praise and worship sec session as well just by Ooh. myself well how many songs are we talking uh I, I don't actually limit it but usually about three or four songs as in like you just decide I'm gonna sing this song or that or do you listen more like oh no I sing Oh. I actually feel I feel like even more connected. And the thing is, I'm by myself, so no one's judging my voice. Mm. But it's amazing, and I, I love and, you know, that. I, I, if I know it sounds weird, but I'm just saying maybe we can even say this as a virtuous challenge for people that in your personal devotion, just try it out. Try singing a song. Open Why are you singing us a song right now? No, I said personal. <laughs> <laughs> I said personal. Um, but yeah, that could be a challenge. Create that sanctuary for yourself this week. Um, 
intentionally create a sanctuary where you can invite God's presence and dwell with him and share with him and speak to him and you know before you know it you also start hearing him speak to you not just in your sanctuary but even whenever you're walking and you have a thought like I said and oh he captures that for you or he reminds you or he encourages you but for you to even have that you need to start somewhere you need to begin by building your sanctuary